the work that I do really is everything that relates to that landlords and tenant relationship. So whether that's bringing possession proceedings because somebody's breached their terms and conditions of tenancy, whether it's applying for an injunction. I believe in mentorship a lot because at the end of the day, there's people, lots and lots of people that have trodden the same path that I'm trying to walk. I think diversity brings richness in people. It brings a richness in the advice that we give. Hello and welcome back to the Law Careers Nap podcast. You're listening to the latest episode in our Practice Area Profile series, in which we speak to practicing lawyers about what it's like in their area of the law. This episode is in collaboration with Trowers and Hamlins and is all about working in housing slash landlord and tenant law. You're about to hear from Yutunde Dania, partner and head of Trowers Birmingham office. Yutunde shares her 20 years experience of working with landlords and the social housing sector, sharing her highlights, how her role has developed and what's currently going on in the practice area. She also discusses her passion for diversity and inclusion and what that means for the legal profession today. We hope you enjoyed this practice area profile. You can read the full write-up of the profile on Law Careersnet and find out more about training at Trowers and Hamlins via the link in the podcast description. Don't forget, you can also tune in to our monthly Commercial Connect podcast series sponsored by the University of Law. Now over to your Tinde. Hello, my name is Yutunde Dania. I am a solicitor and a partner at international law firm Trowers and Hamlins. And I also have the great privilege of heading our Birmingham office. I studied at Leicester Polytechnic many, many years ago. That's where I did my first degree. And then I studied at Leicester University and I did a master's in human rights and civil liberties. When I first started working, it took me some time to get a training contract. And so I ended up as a paralegal at a legal aid firm which really sort of fed my passion. And at that firm, I specialised in representing tenants who were the subject of possession proceedings or bringing claims where they were as a result of them living in poor conditions. And so for me, as I said, it fed that passion of feeling like I was really helping people and helping that social cause. After a about two years or so, I was offered my training contract And at that time, you could have 12 months taken into account, which I did. And then I qualified and I worked for a bit longer at that practice. And what made me think about leaving was that there was a splitting the partnership. And so some of the people who specialised in residential landlords and tenants moved off and created their own firm. And unfortunately, at that time, they said that they would have liked to have taken me, but I was too expensive. I think at that time, my salary was £17,000. So I was too expensive. I got left behind, which was fine. There was opportunities at that firm. But for me, legal aid rates at the time hadn't changed. And I think all these years on, they haven't changed that much even now, sort of some 25 plus years on. 
And so at that time, I decided that, you know, I could do what I was doing in relation to housing, but I could do that representing landlords. And it was at that time that I moved from a legal aid practice into a more private practice representing landlords. I did that in the year 2000 and I've carried on doing that. So my work is purely for large housing associations, large and small housing associations, to be fair, and also private landlords. And the work that I do really is everything that relates to that landlord and tenant relationship. So whether that's bringing possession proceedings because somebody's breached their terms and conditions of tenancy, whether it's applying for an injunction because of antisocial behaviour. I really like that work. It's just so interesting. Whether it's dealing with a property because somebody's passed away, there is a whole range of work and I get the great privilege to appear in different courts so not only do I appear in the county court but I also get to appear in the magistrates court as well because some of the work that I do even in relation to disrepair is believe it or not it's criminal work so a tenant can bring a private prosecution against their landlord if their property is considered to be what's known as a statutory nuisance so that's the bit that I love about my job is that no two days are the same In terms of a particular highlight, I think probably I would talk about some of my antisocial behaviour work because I take action against the perpetrators of antisocial behaviour and some other really, really unpleasant work. It may be around guns, it may be around drugs, it may be around knives. And so I guess to share a case with you, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of stabbings in London and I was approached by a client who had a small block of flat and what had happened was some really unsavoury people had started targeting the occupants of those flats and there's something known as cuckooing and this is where a perpetrator takes over the home of somebody else who hasn't got the confidence and the strength to stand up to them. In the locality, somebody had been fatally stabbed and in this block, in the bushes, they'd found some knives associated with this particular gang. And so I did something very unusual at that time was just to get, we didn't know the names of these perpetrators and I managed to get an injunction against persons unknown. And that injunction, basically the terms of it were that only the named tenants who lived in those properties, members of their household, emergency services, post-delivery could actually enter that block of flats and anybody else had to contact the landlord. It was really unusual at the time. What I liked about it was the fact that it was unusual, but I also felt that I was really doing something to protect people who were basically vulnerable and couldn't stand up to those, you know, really unpleasant individuals. In terms of my expectations of my role, my role is really varied. So I've talked about casework and the work that I do, but my role is more than that as a partner. And I think the bit that's really interesting about the law is that as you progress, you get to experience and develop other skills. And one of those is around management. 
And so having that opportunity to engage with other people is quite exciting, learning how to bring the very best out of people. So I call myself a very authentic leader. It's a style that I've developed over time. It's not an easy style to have. What does that style mean? Well, it means that I bring a lot of myself to work. So I am a Black woman and some Black people will talk about code switching. It's where you, at home, you are your authentic self. And as you travel to work, you become more and more less like your authentic self. I have code switched during my career. It's really, really tiring trying to be somebody who you are not. And therefore, what I've loved about getting into management is developing that style where actually I now feel comfortable to bring my whole self to work. What does that mean in reality? Well, it means I can be the very best lawyer I can be because I'm not worrying about hiding stuff or pretending to be something that I'm not. I would say that I love the profession now more than I probably did when I entered it. And I think the reason for that is that we are now embracing diversity and inclusion. It is a real thing. Everybody is alert and alive to it. And having that opportunity to look back on my career, see where it was and see how the profession was when I entered it, to see how the profession is now and the potential for the future for me is just really, really exciting. So in terms of what's current in my practice area, I would say damp and mould is the thing that is in my practice area at the moment. My practice area is one of those where it's very niche. There's not many people and not many firms that do it as a big part of their practice area. And my my practice area is 100% in this work and it is 100% landlord work. I don't do any tenant work anymore. And so to have the little boy that passed away because of the damp and mould conditions in his property really threw my practice area into the public domain in a really, really big way. And so that is a big thing that's still happening. We're still feeling the effects of that and there's legislation being passed to make sure that the opportunity and possibilities of that happening in the future are greatly reduced. And then we've got something else called Renters Reform Bill. That's making its way through Parliament. You may have heard of Section 21 and no-fault evictions. At the moment, a landlord can serve somebody with two months' notice and get rid of them. They don't need to have a reason to do that. And that's caused a lot of hardship to people. And so the law is changing and there's a real feeling that the scales of justice are tipping in favour of the tenant at the moment. It's going to be really interesting as that comes in. It is a massive shake-up. So when you think that these types of tenancies, the short, short-hold tenancies, came in in 1988, this is going to be a massive shake-up of the sector. It's going to potentially place a lot of pressure on the court system. And so I can see the next few years being incredibly busy. At the moment in the profession, it's really interesting because there is a lot of discussion around diversity and inclusion. And for me, the journey has been really, really very, very interesting from entering the profession. And as I mentioned, code switching, I just wanted to fit in to actually realising that my superpower was my difference. And so I've 
always been a very strong and vocal advocate about diversity. I think diversity brings richness in people. It brings a richness in the advice that we give. And I get very frustrated that the legal profession, you know, in the past hasn't as been as diverse as it could be. And so I try to do quite a bit of work around being as visible as I can be, because I appreciate that there are not many Black women who are equity partners at international law firms and also get the privilege of heading an office. And so my passion is around that visibility because I want in my lifetime for people who look like me to do more than I have done at an earlier age than I have done. And I think people will know that saying, you can't be what you can't see. And therefore, I am living proof that you can. You know, the conversations that I had at my firm after the brutal murder of George Floyd were very vocal, were very honest. And that ties back with my authenticity. And so those conversations have happened across many firms. And I think now we are seeing that difference. We're seeing the conversations. At my firm, we have safe space discussions. We talk about microaggressions. We try to educate each other and understand each other. But the one thing that is really great is that the senior leadership team have taken ownership and have taken responsibility and are looking at ways in which we can make our partnership more diverse, ways in which we can attract and in particular retain more diverse talent because the legal profession is here to serve everybody, no matter what they look like. And therefore, the legal services need to be delivered by people who represent society. And so I would say to you, it's a very, very exciting time to be entering the profession or to be thinking about having a career in the legal profession. In terms of the skills and strengths to be a top solicitor, a lot of it is about management of self in terms of being able to prioritise. You know, we all have to-do lists. It's not how much you get done at the top of this list. Your list is about when do you get to the stuff that's at the bottom of your list. So what's your time management like? What's your attention to detail like? Because small mistakes can cause or can have a real impact. So we'll give you some small examples of those. We've recently had somebody who submitted something to court and we've been trying to vacate a trial. And then we got an email from the court saying we can't find the file. And it was because of a small typographical error. So that attention to detail has the potential to cause delay and worse. I've certainly had a case where somebody served an incorrect notice and they went all the way through to trial and the impact was really fatal because They weren't successful in getting the order that they wanted and they had to pay costs. And resilience, especially if you are from a diverse background, you may find it more difficult to get on that first rung of the ladder. And so it's about that resilience. How do you pick yourself up from a rejection? How do you carry on? One of the things I've held very dear throughout my career is my support network, whether that's friends, whether that's family whether it's being able to have that discipline to take a moment to take to myself. So resilience is really, really important as well. 
For anybody contemplating a career in law, I would say one thing that I think is really important is mentorship. I believe in mentorship a lot because at the end of the day, there's people, lots and lots of people that have trodden the same path that I'm trying to walk and therefore why reinvent the wheel. And so reach out to people, get that kind of mentorship. But what I would say, a lot of people approach me and it's fine to approach people who are partners, etc. But their experience will be outdated. It's more likely to be more outdated. So I always say, look at the person who is where you want to be. So if you're a student, try and connect with a trainee solicitor or a newly qualified solicitor. Find out as much as you can about their journey. What did they do? How did they do it? What worked? What didn't work? Rather than going 10 steps ahead and going for a partner. A partner's great. Yes, the, uh, you know, the inspiration and the role modelling. But if you want those nuggets of information, go for the trainee solicitors, go for the newly qualified solicitors, because their experience will be more aligned to what you are likely to experience.